going to turn to uh, the book of James tonight. No, we've uh, been able to fill in in the past. That's kind of where the Lord led me. So I just thought, well, we'll just keep we'll just keep heading in that direction. So the book of James, chapter number two. Thankful for the privilege to again just to be able to be with you all tonight and just share God's word. It's good to, to be into, you know, I'm just thankful that, uh, thankful for his word tonight, thankful for all that he does for us, and uh, it's been good to be here. But uh, I'm going to read James chapter 2, starting with verse 1. I'm going to read verses 1 through 13. It says, If my brethren have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons, for if there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring in goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, and ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool, are ye not then partial in yourselves, and are become judges of evil thoughts? Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom, which he hath promised to them that love him? But ye have despised the poor. Do not rich, do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats. Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by the which ye are called? If ye fulfill the royal law, according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well." But if you have respect to persons, you commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. For he that said, do not commit adultery, said also, do not kill. Now if thou commit no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. So speak ye, and so do, as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. For he shall have judgment without mercy that hath showed no mercy, and mercy rejoiceth against judgment. And, you know, the, the book of James, I, I think of the book of James when I think about James, he is, he's very practical, okay? And, and I'm not saying they're the parts of the Bible or not, but I, I think of James as he really wants us to, to look at the Word of God, and if we profess to be a believer, to be born again, his, his focus is for us to live that way to practice it that way, to, you know, every day that we live that way. And that's, that's his focus, to, to basically live out what we say we have. And that's really the book, to me, that's his overarching theme of the book of James. So um, chapter 1, if you think for a minute, when we were talking about it, it teaches us to, for one thing it teaches us, is to be patient in times of testing and trials. And we talked about that, I'm not going to go into that. But, but to me, chapter 2 teaches us, to practice the truth. And you say, well, what do you mean practice the truth? The truth is God's word. And that to me, what chapter two is going to teach us is we are to practice the truth. We are to practice God's word. And hearing God's word and talking about God's word, you know, is never a substitute for doing God's word. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of folks that they want to talk about the word of God, unfortunately, and they want to make you think they know it, but it comes down to, are they living it? You know, when we're, when we're saved, 
there's going to be some fruit. There's going to be some, there's going to be some outward showing of the inward change. Okay? I mean, there's going to be an outward showing of that. So, in verses 1 through 13, specifically here, what I kind of want to touch on tonight, hopefully, is how we treat each other and how we treat other people. I mean, that's basically what James wants us to understand tonight. And Warren Wiersbe said this. I liked what he said. He said, the way we behave toward people indicates what we really believe about God. And you think about that. I mean, and, and that's really true. I mean, the, the way we behave towards other folks is really how we perceive God, if you think about that. And we can't separate our human relationships, how we interact with folks, from our spiritual relationship with God. We can't separate those two. Those two go hand in hand. If we say we love God, then we love each other because we're the body of Christ. I mean, we're here in a congregation, I mean, in a church, and we're to love each other because we love God first and foremost. So, but 1 John 4.20, let me read this to you. It says, 1 John 4.20, If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. That's pretty straightforward, isn't it? I mean, I don't think there's any gray area there. It's pretty straightforward. And it says, For he that loveth not his brother... And I like this, whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? Makes you, I mean, is, there not, is that not true? So when we think about this, verse 1 is telling us, when you, when you look at first, I'm sorry, stuttering a little bit. I tell you all the time, whenever Tom asks me to teach on Wednesday nights, I don't know why, I always get, I always get nervous. But you know, if I didn't get nervous standing before you, it would bother me, you know? I mean, so... But verse 1 says, and if you read this fast and don't think about it, you think, well, this verse doesn't make sense, but it does. When he says, my brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons, he's saying, don't push away, don't hold back the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ that we have, the Lord of glory, by practicing favoritism. This is what James is talking about here in these, in these verses. He's talking about practicing favoritism or partiality in our human relationships, how we view and how we treat others, okay? And it's, you know, this is one that uh, maybe it doesn't hit close to you all, but I mean, to me, we, we, see, we can really see our, our flesh, our human nature, when we think about how we respond to folks that we know when issues in life happen and how we respond to folks that we don't know and just on a, when we look at them, for lack of a better way of saying it. I mean, this mind, this flesh forms an opinion of people. And a lot of times that opinion, probably 99.9% .9 of the time, is wrong. So, I mean, that's what James wants us to understand here. Basically, in a nutshell, if we say that Christ is in us, that we've been saved, then he's living in us, he is love, Therefore, we're supposed to be showing his love back out to those folks that are around us. First, of course, our brothers and sisters, but not just our brothers and sisters in Christ, but everyone. There should be some, there's got to be, the, the love has got to be shown. And we don't, we don't pick favorites. Now, in these verses, I think it's interesting. James, again, I think he's very straightforward. He gives us this, to me, it's, it's a, maybe I shouldn't say a test, but when you, when you read these, 
to me, it's kind of a test. Verses 2, 3, and 4, we're talking about these two men, they weren't going down the street. They came into the church. I mean, that's, that's, what, that's what James tells us here. They came into the church. And how we view, like I said, and how we treat others. And we're to remind ourselves, number one, of the deity of Christ. And you say, what do you mean by that? Well, Jesus himself tells us in John 7, verse 24, and let me flip back here, because I didn't write down what it says. Sorry. Let me turn back here. Gospel of John, chapter 7. Let me find it. Verse 24. says, judge not, this is Jesus speaking, judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. There's only one place that righteous judgment comes from, and that's from Almighty God himself. So unless we're saved and have Christ in us, we really can't practice righteous judgment. I mean, we can be good people, but we really can't practice righteous judgment because that comes from the Lord himself. So... Um, when Jesus, when Jesus, think about this. When Jesus Christ was on this earth, the religious leaders, they judged him. And how did they judge him? They judged him by their standards, by man's sinful standards. That's how they judged him. And he came, this is their viewpoint, he came from an unpopular city. His family was poor. He didn't possess any physical or material items that would attract us, even for us. If we were living back then, we probably would have had the same opinion. He didn't have, there was nothing material about him. There was no physical, anything that really drew people to him. And he didn't go to the accepted schools. He wasn't approved officially by, the, by those that were in power in the government or whatever. He was never approved by them. But yet, he is the very glory of God. He was and he still is. And yet folks could not see that. Why? Because they looked at the outside only, at his appearance. And then they judged him. They passed favoritism upon him because of that. Because he didn't come from where they thought he should have come from and he didn't you know, do the things that they thought that he should do. So think about this. You know, God's always had a desire to dwell with with mankind always I mean at first he came in the in the wilderness he came and he dwelt in the tabernacle and then he dwelt in the temple and then once Christ came he dwelt among people and now that he's gone back and he's at the right hand of the father where does God dwell where does the spirit dwell in the he dwells in the hearts of each and every one of us as born-again believers does he not individually and collectively he dwells Right where we are tonight, he dwells within the church, the body of Christ. So Jesus Christ did not recognize people from their outward appearance. Okay? He didn't recognize them from their outward or from their position in society. And when, when James talks about respecter of persons, that's really kind of what we're talking about is, is looking at someone's position. You know, I mean, we, we as people, you know, when I, I mean, it's just how we are. You know, you may say, well, I don't do that. Well, Okay, that's fine. 
That's between you and the Lord. But, I mean, I know even when I, in the, in the business environment, when I was working, I mean, you know, there were people you, you interacted with, and you gotta, you got to do your job. But that doesn't mean, then, that you try to get ahead by trying to, I'm just going to use the word schmooze, up with people or things like that, because by doing that, you're, you're, you're passing favoritism over to someone. You're, you're saying, Lord, I'm not trusting you. I think, I think I can rely on this person to do more for me than what you can. And that's really what James is, is kind of getting at here. So let me move on. That's right, he knows. That's right, Thelma, he's just. He's righteous, that's right. That's right. According to them that didn't deserve it. That's right, John. That's right. And that's what he's warning us about, that we're not to have that. You know, it, we're not, <laughs> I'm not, a, I'm not the judge. You know, I mean, I mean, we're to, we're to gauge people in terms of, of, you know, when we meet people, we can tell if someone is, has a, a spirit that kind of bonds with us or not. I mean, we know that, but we're not to, we're not to judge and pass judgment based on someone's appearance. I mean, we don't know. You know what I mean? I, I tell you, as I've gotten older, and I, I'm still failing, no doubt. But you know what? It's only by God's grace that we're here tonight. I mean, we could be out, we could be up in Charleston, and I'm not talking bad about folks, but out on the street somewhere or in another city. I mean, and there's a lot of folks that are. And I mean, only by God's grace are we here. And only by God's grace are we part of his family. So, um, so Jesus, he always looked at the heart. And you think about this. When he called his apostles, <laughs> and I, when I, I was looking over my notes this morning, I really like this. When he called his apostles, he didn't look. He didn't look at the outward. He saw their potential. And you think about that. When he looks at us, he looks at he looks at our potential. That's what he looks at. He knows. He knows what we can be. He knows what we what we we don't know. I don't know what what Judy can be, or Judy doesn't know what I can be. But God knows. God knows exactly what each of us can be. And like I said, he saw their their potential. I mean, I wrote down. I say glory. I mean, because when he invited me into his family one night, he didn't look at what I was, what I was doing, where I'd been, all the bad things I'd done, I mean, all the wrong decisions. I'd, he didn't look at any of that because he saw, I don't know what he saw, but he saw in me potential that he could use. You know, and, and I'm not bragging about Maybe He saw that in every single one of us. When he called us, when he said, come, I want you to be part of my family, he saw potential in every single one of us. And he still sees potential in us. <laughs> no, John, I didn't. No, I didn't. And I can still, I can, I'll, I'll, I'll share this. I can still remember clear as day. I couldn't tell you what year it was. I don't remember. But I can remember my kids were old enough to go to church camp. And God moved upon me and Lori and we ended up taking a van load of kids when we were going to Rebecca Chapel. We took a van load of kids. And I remember sitting in the, in the evening prayer one night, sitting there and saying, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. Y'all, I need you all to pray for me because I don't know, but I got a whole van load of kids up here. But the Lord said, you need to come, bring them up here. 
God will use us if we avail ourselves. And I'm not bragging about me. I'm saying he sees potential. If somebody would have ever told me that when I was working before I got saved, I'd have said, man, and I even told, I'm ashamed of this. I told Aaron Finney one time, I said, I just don't understand why you would want to take a whole week and go to church camp. And I'm ashamed of saying that. Then I went my first time, and I went every week after that. Every year after that, I went because there's no, there was nothing like I mean, you know, I mean, I'm just telling you, God has, God can help us understand things and see things that we don't, that we've never seen before. That we've never seen before. That's right. Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, because he's got, I mean, he's got, there's a, there's a desire. I mean, because there's a love. Once we figure out who he is, so. <laughs> I think his word tells us that we're to, that we're to uh, assemble ourselves together, right? Even the more so as we see the, the day approaching. Thank you, Mark. That's right. So, so he didn't look at what I was, but he looked at what I could be. So pray, I said, you know, Peter was a fisherman, but Christ saw, he saw a rock. That's what he saw. Matthew was a publican, but Christ saw a faithful disciple that would one day write one of the four gospels. Now you think about that. Did, that, did Matthew think, know that when he, got, when he said, yes, Lord, I'll follow you? He didn't know. But that's what Jesus used him for, among many other things. So Christ, he shared compassion and love with everybody he met. John kind of touched on this. So how do we practice this in our human relationships? How do we do, how do we, I mean, we all know, we all talk about, we've heard it preached on, we've heard it taught on for years. If we've been, you know, saved for very many years and in church, it's like, we're supposed to be like Christ. Well, what's that really, what's that come down to? It's really pretty simple. How are we supposed to treat folks? Look at everyone through the eyes of Christ. And you say, how do I do that? Well, number one, we've got to get our own self-thoughts and ideas and opinions out of the way, and we just got to look at them as God's Word tells us to, as Christ. We've got plenty of examples in here, just like John said. I mean, there's way more than that. Jesus didn't look at somebody. He didn't, he didn't question what am I going to get from this if I do this for them? No, that wasn't the purpose. So look at everyone through the eyes of Christ. If they're a believer in Christ, if we meet someone, someone comes into church here, and they're a believer, we accept them because Christ lives in them. That's why we accept them. It doesn't have anything to do with what they look like and whether they, what kind of, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if our heart's right. And if they're not a believer, you know what? And this is the one that stuck with me. We can accept them because, guess what? Christ died for them too, right? I mean, and, and you know, we need to be show them, show them some of Christ's love. So, I mean, I mean, I'll just say this. I mean, what, to me, what, God, what James is trying to tell us here and what God's word teaches us is, we got to look at people. When we look at people, we're not even really supposed to look at people. We look around at someone 
we should be looking at their soul and wondering, are they saved or are they lost? And, and everything else doesn't really matter. I mean, that really doesn't matter. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So the link between us and others is Christ. He's the link. I mean, he's the person. I mean, it's, it's, it's the, the basis for our, for our relationships with others is the person and the work of Christ. I mean, if, we don't, if that's not the foundation, I guess is what I'm trying to say. If that's not the foundation, if Christ is not, our belief in him and our love for him is not the foundation of our having a desire to have relationship with folks, we're off base. We're, we're desiring relationships for the wrong reason. So it should be, the, the root of it should be because we want to show them love and compassion, just like Christ did. So um, that's that part. Then we can think about, we can remind ourselves, like I said, we remind ourselves of the deity of Christ. We can remind ourselves of the grace of God when we think about how we're supposed to interact with folks and how we're supposed to, I would say, maintain ourselves even. You know, God chose the plan of salvation and he chose to extend grace through his son Jesus Christ to those of us who cannot earn and do not deserve his salvation. If he wouldn't have decided, I mean, it was his plan. It wasn't my plan. It wasn't our plan. Man didn't come up with the plan. If he wouldn't have come up with that, I mean, it, it's, we owe him. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, maybe that's not a good way to say it, but I mean, we are indebted to him forever because without him, we would have no eternity. We would have no eternity in heaven. I'll put it that way. And there would be no salvation. Ephesians chapter 1, let me read you a few verses here. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. I can find it. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. And again, it's all about Christ. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in what? In love. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to what? The riches of his grace. It's all about his grace. He is the one who extended grace to us. We had nothing to offer him. We still don't have anything to offer him other than ourselves. That's all we have. So, um, you know, Christ and God the Father, they ignore, ignore national differences, national, nationality, countries of origin. None of that stuff makes any difference. With It doesn't matter to the Lord. It doesn't matter to him. He also ignores social differences. He doesn't care about social class. That's not a, again, that's the whole position, man's position. The world, man's value system and God's are not the same. Okay, I mean, when we know that, I mean, it's not the same. And in fact, they are in direct opposition to each other. Um, Romans chapter 10. Let me find it here. Romans chapter 10. 
verse 12. Find it. Romans chapter 10, verse 12 and 13. This is, this is what our Lord and Savior looks at. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He says whosoever. That's God's grace in action. I mean, it's all, and God's grace has always been. So if we truly believe it, when it comes to God's grace, if we truly believe it and we truly embrace it, to me, it's a natural thing. I mean, I can almost say it forces us to relate to people on the basis of God's plan and not on the basis of our human, you know, human status or human values, if you want to put it that way, mankind's values. When Christ died on the cross and when he rose again, he broke down the wall that separated Jew and Gentile. Agreed? When he walked the face of this earth, he broke down the wall that the walls between the rich and the poor, between the young and the old, between the educated and the uneducated. So if we try to build those walls back by exercising favoritism and partiality among people, that's what we're trying to do, and that's wrong. That's sin, and that's not right. We're not to do that. I mean, we're to, we're to obey his rule. We're to obey what, how he lived, and that's how we're to treat one another. So I think I'm going to... I think I'm going to stop there. I hope, hope you got a little something.